Hello everyone, my name is Robert Winfrey and what you're about to listen to is an old episode of a podcast I used to host called Everyone Loves a Bad Guy. This particular episode is the fourth installment in that franchise, so very early days in some respects. It features myself and Robert Cooper kind of kicking around the notion and uh, media applications, or fictional versions, of evil corporations. This is a subject I probably should have waited to tackle till I was a little bit more sure of myself as a host and did a bit more research and whatnot because, well, I don't, di- I don't dislike the discussion that Cooper and I have. It's also not quite what I wish it could have been. One of the few regrets I have about this show. Uh, one that I would have liked another to go around at. But, eh, you live and you learn, and I am better for the experience. And again, the conversation is not exactly bad by any stretch of the imagination. So thank you very much for listening. I thank you very much for all the support you're able to give the various podcast endeavors we engage in here. Let me uh, throw it back to my past self, and I hope you all enjoy the show. Mr. Robert Cooper, how are you doing today, sir? 
Zoom a little evil. I like it. Oh, good. Uh, well, hey, you and uh, Mark Radlich reviewed some Finn Troll not too long ago, so that should have helped. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was great. Even though that, that evil made me want to kind of dance a little, the, the, this type of evil just kind of makes me want to sit in my boardroom talking about let's ship off the newest batch of waste into a Chinese river. I agree. Yeah. Those, you know, there's plenty of Chinese too. I mean, really. Exactly, and a lot of them named after colors. So you know, why not match the name with the color? There we go. Give it a reason. That works very well. All right. Since we're talking evil corporations, they're everywhere. As I said before, you can't you can't seem to find any set of movies, any set of comic books, any set of books that don't touch on these in one way or another. What's the first one that comes to your mind when we say evil corporation? The profit-driven group in the boardroom thinking up ways to squeeze every last penny out of their beleaguered workforce or the environment, they wish to deforest things, they wish to nuke the whales. These are bad people. What's the first one that springs to your mind? Well, see, isn't that, see the one that always comes to my mind when you say corporation, it's not a corporation, but I always think of the uh, the Empire from Star Trek. Star Trek, damn it, Star Wars. If I yeah, I always, <laughs> always think... Yeah, I always think of the, the the empire, and I'm like, that's not technically a corporation, but hey, I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> I mean, that's I don't know. It's almost so worse evil. when they're not driven by profit, because profit everyone can understand. I mean, you know, everyone yeah. needs money. Yes, there are people who take it to the extreme, and they become more evil. But everyone understands greed. Everyone understands the desire for money. The empire's just by and large. Yeah. Which, I mean, sometimes, like, you know, I was thinking as the intro was going on, I'm like, yeah, what's better? What What is a better evil? Like, just pure evil for evil's sake. Like, you know, they don't care. Or evil with a purpose. You know, they're both kind of fun. You know, we all like Dr. E. He's great. So sometimes you, you like them to have a nice little sad backstory. Like, you know, I was a whiny bitch, and I lost half my limbs and became a pawn to the emperor, you know. Oh, we can – I – one of my brothers and I have recently been going back and forth on the Star Wars universe because it turns out, and I have to, and I, I agree with his logic a little bit here, but he prefers the new trilogy, one, two, and three, what? to four, five, and six, in a lot of ways. Huh. And I can't disagree. He prefers his, when he watches movies, he prefers them to be world immersive. He likes to just lose himself, sit back, eat popcorn, watch movies. And in a lot of ways, I think the new trilogy is better as far as that goes. And I can see his point. I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's his point. He, you know, there's a lot of better things about the original, you know, 4, 5, and 6, but his point is that he thinks 4, 5, and 6 are kind of like half-formed ideas where the entire Star Wars universe is not fully realized, and you get that in 1, 2, and 3. And that's why he enjoyed more. And you know what? If he can enjoy them, I say good on because I have a harder time enjoying them. Okay, but... Yeah, that's that's one of the best, like, you know, evil corporations I can think of. And they're not even a corporation. They're bigger. They're worse. Yeah. They're the government. Evil <laughs> government. They go hand-in-hand hand with corporations. I wonder why I mean, that really, is. What, what, what it, our government is just a giant corporation, you think of it. By and large, by and large. Okay, so one of the ones that springs to my mind that I do want to definitely talk about here is from movies and video games, from the Resident Evil franchise, you're always they're always up against the Umbrella Corporation. This corporation that has grown so large, it controls everything. It manufactures everything, and it influences the government. It's just all-encompassing, and it likes to create zombie viruses. Who does? So, I mean, I do. I mean, hey, look, I'm all for zombies. I, I'm a huge fan of the zombies, but, you know... An evil corporation creating them to sell them to the highest bidder for military application, or mutating the, or releasing mutagen, mutagenetic things into the world—it's it, not a good thing. So, 
talk to me a little bit about Umbrella from your standpoint, from the video games, the movies, the whole nine yards. What do you not like oh, yeah. about them? What makes them work as far as being a bad guy goes for that whole franchise? Oh, I can't tell you. I'm a story Resident Evil player, but I played, you know, bits and pieces of it. I didn't see a movie or two, unfortunately. But I feel like they're very nice. I, I almost call them faceless because, as I said, I've not played much of the games. I'm not very familiar with it, but I feel like they're just kind of faceless. Like, their drones are just those mindless zombies. Like, they are the corporation when you kind of boil it down. Like, you know, there is some asshole making everybody zombies, but I feel like they're just kind of a nice, a nice, yes, a nice corporation. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're un- yeah they're a nice corporation they're un- but basically they're kind of faceless and you they're faceless but you see them everywhere they're they are the zombies because I really I don't recall when playing oh like two oh four, two to four hours I've played about any I, I don't really recall seeing actually anybody besides the demon or a zombie uh, it's true they are. They never really seem to develop a figurehead that some other corporations, you have someone in charge. Yes, they're an evil group. Yes, the whole enterprise is bad, so to speak. But they, but you always have, with a lot of others, you do have the figurehead. You have the guy who you can point to and say, he's in charge. He's the one causing all of this. With Umbrella, it's always so vague, unless you get into the movies. And the less said about the work of Paul W.S. Anderson, the better, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, there is something to be said. Like, a faceless organization, there's something to be said for it because a lot of times when it comes to a large corporation, corporation, you can look at it and be like, okay, well, that's just one guy. Well, if it's a faceless thing, there's just so much you can think about. Like, you know, who is running this? What are, what are his underlings? Exactly. How powerful are they? How far is their reach? Because, I mean, we know their reach is far, but we don't know quite how. We don't know who's running it. Probably, you know, it could be the president. That's just something just kind of, there's something odd and mysterious. It's quite charming. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, it strikes me as a very, this is going to be an odd thing to say, but the evil corporation strikes me as a bit of a American concept where, you know, we all love, and maybe this came a lot more out of like the late 70s and early 80s when all of the localized mom-and-pop stores were going out of business and you had, you know, Walmart and the big corporations coming in and taking over everything and buying everyone out. And But it seems a very American type of invention to have because, you know, they're squashing the American dream. It was the faceless bank that forced the family out of their home in the Grapes of Wrath. It was, I mean, you can go on and on with these things. Even uh, the evil corporation that was headed by Michael Douglas in Wall Street, Gordon Gecko who would burn out any other corporation just because he thought he could. I mean, and he's in, he's definitely in that one, but he's not but he even in that he's not the president. He's not the big guy. He's not the one in the leather chair stroking the cat, so to speak. He's just he's just doing stuff because he thinks he wants to make money and he thinks he can get a, and because he can get away with it. Essentially his motivation. Yeah, but when you start I mean, oh, having something completely faceless like Umbrella Corp is it also prevents you from defeating that, from ever truly defeating them, which is an important trope, especially in video games. Because, I mean, in a long-running series, you can only fight the same enemy so many times. You can only cut the head off so many times. And if you oh, never actually get to the head, if you never find the president of the yeah. corporation, then it makes sense for it to keep popping up, right? Right. Unless it's a giant spiky turtle and it stole your princess. There you go. <laughs> Bowser is his own evil vision. But, uh, yeah, that, that is something that is something to be said that I didn't even think about. Like, if it's a faceless corporation, you don't know how far you have to go to even think about beating. Like, part of the cool thing about, like, a lot of video games, 
like, you know, like Assassin's Creed, you're aiming to kill one person, or at least I've been the one I've played. Assassin's Creed 2, you're aiming to kill a person, you have to kill everyone around them to get to him. And that's kind of cool, you know, that's a nice little evil corporation right there, but if you don't have, if you don't have that, if you don't even have a face to go with what you're doing, you can just be shooting random peons, and you're never going to know. Oh yeah, especially with Assassin's Creed, because uh, I, and I would encourage you to keep playing them, because I've enjoyed all three. But you're fighting against this you know, multi-generational, faceless organization, uh, the Knights Templar, I think is what they went with for, not all the way through three yet, but... So even then, you're fighting their, you're, you are, you're fighting their peons, you're fighting their representatives, and you build up a big deal about killing one guy, which I love the way they did that in the game, but you're making very little actual progress against the overall organization, which is still faceless and driven by a desire to collect mystical artifacts, unwind the fabric of humanity, I'm not sure entirely. I actually yeah, enjoy that, serious motivation as well. That is, yeah, I'm actually, I, I'm trying to get a hold of the uh, other games off eBay, because you can get things off eBay real cheap if you're lucky. So far, no luck. It's two, true. Very, yeah. it, like, I just managed to get two mass, the first two Mass Effect games for about 10 bucks total. Not bad. Not bad. No, not bad at all. Yeah. Yes, it took a little time. But, yeah, the Assassin's Creed games, they have a really nice organization. Now, it's kind of funny because I was randomly thinking of a corporation that I have, I would like to talk about, but you have no idea who they are. <laughs> From the, uh, I go for it. Kind of like, okay, well, uh, well, in Japan, like, you know, we get Power Rangers. We, we get Power Rangers. We get them from Japan. In Japan, mm. Power Rangers and what it was is an entire genre. It's called Tokusatsu, which, you know, rubber suits, things exploding, robots, blah, blah, blah. And Kamen Rider is started in 1971, and the evil corporation in that was called, was called Shocker. And Shocker has been, let's see, I think they were in, like, the first three, four series, and they were just the villains. And even in these new, like, the newer series that are on now, you know, 40 years later, they're still a villain. Basically, what Shocker likes to do is just basing off the origins of the first Kamen Rider, kidnapping people and turning them into cyborgs. Yeah, that's that's what they do. They like turning people into cyborgs, turning them into monsters, and they're going to take over the world. No surprise, they're really just... Nazis. <laughs> I mean, this was in you know, 1971, so of course it was you know nice and right to make things based off Nazis, which is what they are. They use, I mean, basically most of them are a lot of just rubber-suited people. And I love these the, the old mooks, <laughs> the people that get their ass kicked. They're just all black clad with like black ski masks, and they just have a skeleton, just a skeleton <laughs> motif on it. And they always just every time they get hit, it's e, just e, every time. That's all it is. I mean, that's. I, I think that kind of lends. It kind of sort of does lend to. They're not faceless, but they keep coming back because you know you can't kill a villain in a children's television show. But <laughs> it's going to keep yeah, coming it back. It is a, a negative of the kids' television show that all of the whenever you get those bad guys who you wish to see killed, they can't actually because it's a kids' TV show. And well, I mean, actually, they well, they actually did. They did kill him, but can, but for nostalgia's sake, they brought him back like 30 years later, <laughs> oddly enough. All right, well, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, t- kids' television yeah. shows are kind of like comic books in that death doesn't necessarily mean as much as it should. Yeah, which is kind of kind of stinks. I actually remember once, uh, what was it, in the late 90s, they had, you know, the huge boom in uh, cartoons that I watched to get all the superhero cartoons. They had a Silver yep. Surfer one, but they had Thanos, but they couldn't call, uh, you know, Death, the character that he serves, Death, on our children's show. Yeah, they had named like Chaos or something. Oh, that's just sad, because he is, he's Thanos. 
And well, hopefully we'll get him in Avengers too, and we can all kind of put the memories of the Infinity overly cartoony oh. version. Just yeah, Infinity Gauntlet was a very good comic. I actually own it. I like it. It's quite good. Yeah. Ooh, I just randomly thought of a uh, corporation that I didn't even think about before, LexCorp. Oh, How there did we not go. Think of Lex- How did we not think of LexCorp? Well, I was trying I mean, to avoid specific discussions of Lex Luger because I Lex Luger. Yes, him too, for an entirely different set of reasons. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, Lex Luthor, I I do want to do one of these podcasts specifically dedicated to Lex Luthor and his various portrayals across different mediums. But yes, LexCorp is the evil counterpart to Wayne Industries. Yeah, I never thought about that, but they really are. Yeah, they, pretty much again, profit-driven, headed by an evil genius, they make bad things for the, for the purposes of making money. That's... That's their bottom line. I mean, yes, Lex Luthor wants to become president, wants to rule the world, wants to kill Superman. Whatever his individual motivation happens to be at any given point in time, he can always fall back on the vast financial resources of LexCorp. <laughs> it's like, it just reminds me, him and Batman ever got into a money fight. It's like I saw a picture. It was just like Superman and Captain America are like, oh, wow, Superman. And Superman's like, oh, I'm a huge fan. It's just <laughs> Iron Man and Batman. He's like, start. He's like, Batsy. And then they just start throwing money at each other. <laughs> I think I've seen that one, yeah. I love that one. That, that's what that would end up being anyways. It'd just be two guys throwing money at each other. It's true. But, yeah, well, and LexCorp has no scruples about what they finance either. Um, there's been a few. If you've seen the – I don't know how it plays out in the comic book version because I haven't read it specifically. But in the um, Justice League Doom, the the movie that went along with the uh, I haven't seen that one yet. But it is on Netflix, actually. It's – it's pretty good. I mean, I'm not a comic book aficionado, so I can't speak to how, you know, the greatness of it, but they're one of the bad guys, I believe Mirage Man, uh, voiced by, oh, I can never, Alexis Denisoff, uh, voiced by him, who played Wesley in Angel, which is why I bring that up. Cause I, but back on track, he has a computer spike that he uses to hack the bat com- that he got developed by LexCorp at extraordinary cost, I can only imagine, but... LexCorp will finance a supervillain. Getting, he, they will build something for him so he can hack the back computer. They are just about money, so that they can finance the evil plans of Lex Luthor whenever he comes up with another. And that is, that, that's a pretty big, you know, as many times as Lex Luthor has been brought down, brought to justice, locked away, deposed. As, no matter what happens to Lex Luthor, his company has always survived. Yeah, and they continue to make money even now. Because, like, we were talking about a faceless organization. Also, like, LexCorp is cool, but the only problem with LexCorp, I guess, there was no, the only thing, it was really just built around LexCorp. Like, when you have a one-face company, again, you can't really talk much about it. Like, you know, you got one face to it, but there's no general. There's no, you know, no peons, no nothing. Like, if you don't, you know, it's kind of odd. But LexCorp, LexCorp is a fun company, but really it's it's just Lex Luthor's way of, you know, not being the hobo every time he takes his ass to Mars. It's true. And that. Well, if you get in, I believe in Smallville, they actually ran a whole subplot once in with um, Lex Luthor taking over his father's corporation. So you had Lex Corp taking it. over Luthor Industries or something like that. So he I absorbed even more think. infrastructure. Yeah, because I've, I've seen, like, I think I watched Smallville for, like, two seasons, and I was like, eh. Yeah, I believe that's about my the extent of my exposure to them, I'm going off of second and third hand knowledge and stuff I've read well, on Kane was on Kane and Batista were on it once. Yeah, definitely Batista. <laughs> that man can act. Oh I've yeah. Seen the man with the iron fists. He did a great job. I mean, he actually did a good job. That was a fun movie. If you like kung fu movies, Man of the Iron Fist was a very good movie. I meant to see the that when movie. it came out. I haven't got around to it yet. 
it, it's just kind of it's not it's not great for a kung fu movie. It's kind of fun. I enjoyed it. Well, if we're speaking of kung fu movies, a uh-huh. version of the evil corporation pops up all the time in most kung, in modern kung fu movies. The yakuza, the Japanese mafia, oh, the yeah. Chinese, the triad. The yeah, how could we forget them? You know, the mafia, organized crime. However, across whatever culture, they're they're just an illegal corporation, but they're driven purely by profit. All they care about is the money that they're able to create, and depending on the culture, you have other subjective goals. But, you know, they're driven by money, just as much as any legitimate business. The Italians were all about the almighty dollar. I mean, that's a huge discussion in the Godfather movies. Whenever the families get together, it's how does this affect business. Oh, yeah. Those movies are great. I finally watched them a few years ago because I watched them and then I watched Scarface because, you know, <laughs> I had to get it all at once. Uh, I really did love The Godfather was very good. I enjoyed the, the way that it was portrayed, like the mob. You know, a lot of times when you think of the mob, it's just a bunch of, you got a bunch of Italian stereotypes who just care about money. You know, that's all. But I think The Godfather really showed the human element to them. Like, I really enjoyed Vito Corleone at the dawn. Like, he's probably my favorite character from the whole series, as odd as that is, because a lot of people want to mention him once they get to favorite characters, because he was only around for a movie. Spoilers. Well, he's in the same <laughs> one. You just get Robert De Niro's version. <laughs> Robert De Niro. That's true. That is true. Well, I don't think anybody would be saying that, uh, hell, what's her face? The director's daughter. I don't think she was anybody's favorite character from the third movie. Uh, no, probably not. No, uh... <laughs> I mean, that's uh, third I'm sure that I'm sure that's covered. Uh, the, sure the whole third movie is just not good. It's so I mean, uh, at least the way I look at it, it's a good movie, but it's The Godfather. That's like you know, two masterpieces, and then an okay movie. That okay movie just like shit, like total shit on the wall, considering what it follows. Especially because it was so far later. Oh yeah, that, cash in. yeah, yeah, it did. I feel bad I'm for to think of them. Well, I mean, I can't feel too bad. They made lots and lots and lots of money. <laughs> So much money that apparently uh, Joe Montana's character is able to charter an attack helicopter, shoot all the Dons out in the hotel room. You know, I was going to reference a movie I saw last weekend, but you might not. I'm not going to do it. New Star Trek. I'm not going to reference that. It was a very good movie, by the way. You should see it. Yeah, I'm planning on it. I haven't got around to it yet, but I was definitely planning on seeing it uh, later this weekend, hopefully. I actually liked it more than Iron Man 2. I don't know if you've seen either. Uh, but Iron, Iron Man 2 or 3. You liked it more than Iron I mean, Man 3, I, really? Huh. I liked it more than Iron Man 3. I mean, have you, did you see Iron Man 3? Yeah, I've seen that one. I mean, it was it was good. It was fun. I mean, I had a good time. I just felt like total, I guess, more... I was more immersed in the Star Trek movie. But maybe it's because I've already been, like, in three Iron Man movies, and I'm just kind of... You kind of okay, tired another Iron Man, Man at that point. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say done. I mean, now, if we were getting to something like, I don't know, Daredevil thing, and I'm kind of excited if we did another Daredevil movie, because last one's so bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's just one of those, like, oh, yeah, I mean, you knew Iron Man, I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm not, like, you know, really hyper about it. I'm like, okay, you know, I've probably seen this movie before, which, surprisingly, I haven't. You know, it was different, because the, the second Iron Man movie was was not that great. It was, it was good, but not that good. <laughs> well, yeah, while we're speaking second, of evil uh, corporations in Iron Man 2, you get uh, Sam Rockwell in Iron Man 2 playing, oh, Hammer, Hammer. the head of Hammer Industries. Hammer Industries, yeah. Which, that was a fun... You know, Sam Rockwell can have some fun moments. He's got some talent as an actor, but you know his corporation is evil when they break Whiplash, they break Mickey Rourke out of jail, kill someone else so that he can escape, and then contract him to build an army of drones that he can then use to try and destroy Iron Man and everyone in 
at what I can only assume is like a three-mile radius. Yeah, and also they can't build a missile to save their lives. That's true. It's true. That poor missile uh, that got built up. The ex-wife. The ex-wife. That, I mean, that uh, was, was perfect, though. Like, even though that was the climax, that was really kind of like a perfect little thing, like to show how shitty hammer industries were. Like, they were pretty much like Stark, Stark Industry, or uh, yeah, Stark Industry's little brother. They were, yeah, they, they were the, uh, the red-headed stepchild, always a step <laughs> behind. And not even the good type of red-headed stepchild that you feel bad for and everything. Oh, no, this is just like the little shitty one that you're like, you know, you're an asshole, go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was, I mean, it was, it made for a good villain. It did, which if I could remember anything like the name of the, the corporation from the third movie, I would talk about that, too. But I would say they were oh, also the very third good. one, what, it was that think tank, right? AIM? AIM? Oh, yeah, AIM, no shit. Duh, how can I forget that? AIM are actually kind of big shit in Marvel. Yeah, actually, actually, when you get into the the universe and whatnot, they're a pretty big deal. Yeah, but, be huge you know, Guy Pierce right. can only be so... I, I think Guy Pierce can only be so menacing. Yeah. As far as being He's the big like, bad guy. Yeah, like, when you see, uh, like, you know, the main villain for the, this new Star Trek, he, like, every word is just, like, oozing menace. Like, he's legitimately scary. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, plays... The villain in the new Star Trek movie. He actually uh, he also plays Sherlock Holmes on the BBC version of Sherlock Holmes and does a very does a great job, I think, as Holmes as far as that goes. So if anybody in here hasn't hasn't seen that, check it out. It is on Netflix. Go see him. You can see him play a menacing villain in theaters, and you can see him be the world's greatest detective on Netflix. You can see him being a kind of sort of menacing asshole as Sherlock. He's not quite menacing, but he's just a little enigmatic. But he does a very good job. But what's surprise, there's only three episodes per season, but when you consider they're an hour and a half each, you kind of understand. Oh, plus they're all very good. I mean, a lot of se- oh, a yeah, lot of they- shows, you're lucky to get that kind of quality in even half of the episodes. Oh, yeah, it was very it was very high quality. It's, it's a very good show. He's a good actor. His voice is pretty epic. Then again, I've come to notice a lot of British people have very epic voices. That's true. It's something about the accent, depending on where they come I- from in the country. That was funny. Just random since we were just talking about Star Trek. Like, like my mom was watching a documentary of Star Trek first, and she's like, you know, his voice is so epic. I'm like, who the hell is this? She goes, this is Michael Dorn. I'm like, Worf? I never really considered his voice epic. She's like, just listen. And I'm listening. I'm like, okay, I can see it. He has a nice, his, his voice has a nice tone to it. I'm just used to hearing it in very short, stupid sentences. <laughs> it's Mr. true. Worf. Yeah, I mean him, and apparently Avery Brooks would probably Captain watch much of Deep Space Nine. His voice is fun too. But it's just more mostly British people, because you know, as a uh, as a uh, I think just, like, know, the two most epic voices ever are like Patrick Stewart and Morgan Freeman, and James Earl. Well, James Earl Jones, he's somewhere. Oh yeah, you got and you have to throw in James. He was Darth Vader and Mufasa and Mufasa. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Yes. <laughs> so I didn't <laughs> I didn't make that connection at the time. Yeah. I never, my parents never saw the end of that Lion King because once Simba turned big, I was convinced it was a totally new lion. And I would argue in the middle of the theater with my parents that they were wrong. So, you know, now we went. <laughs> so, well, let's see. What are some other good evil corporations? Hmm. Uh, one that I have to bring up from the RoboCop Ooh. series, Omni Consumer Products, OCP. Now, I know you haven't seen the RoboCop movie. Exactly. I think you have to do so, but I think one of the things with that series, the first one, I'll speak specifically to the first one. The president of OCD is not portrayed as the main villain. He's in charge of this company, but he's not the real bad guy. But just to let you understand how 
how far off center the morals of that story are. One of the opening sequences features the real bad guy, the vice president. I forget what he was the vice president. He's one of the vice presidents. He is senior vice president. Dick Jones, and he introduces the Ed 209, which, if I mean, RoboCop was huge when I was a kid, so I can assume you've seen the big uh, bipedal op- guy opposite RoboCop, that big robot that's always I been around. But, yeah, they in- he introduces him as the new law enforcement. We're going to replace all of the police officers in the city with these things, because this corporation has basically bought the city. They bailed out Detroit which is not as realistic now as it was back then, because they're even further in debt now. <laughs> yeah. But he's introducing this, and he hands away, so to demonstrate how it works, he provides one of the random people in the board, in this board meeting, with a handgun, and says, point it at, at 209, he will respond, and we'll see how this goes from there, and to further demonstrate the product. Points the gun at the robot, the robot wakes up, arms its cannons, Gets in its big D voice. You're pointing a, you have an unauthorized weapon pointed at, you know, a law enforcement personnel. You have 10 seconds to, to disarm yourself. So the guy, not being stupid, drops the gun, and the robot malfunctions. It doesn't recognize mm-hmm. that he's dropped the gun. Five seconds later, it proceeds to violently gun him down in the boardroom with the machine guns that it has for arms. So no, no, no. That's now great. the president, the chairman. Puts his head in his hands for a moment, looks up at Senior President Dick Jones and says, I'm very disappointed in this. This man was just gunned down in your boardroom, and you're supposed to be the good guy, and your response is, I'm very disappointed. Just to let you know how off-kilter that whole that whole place is, that's the good guy. That's the He's actually not a bad guy. He winds up being relevant to the final sequence, but he's not the bad guy. This human life you're just here. ended violently, and he's disappointed. In his room. Yeah, in his boardroom. It's just that, and again, OCP goes throughout all the RoboCop movies. Naturally. Well, at least, and well, it's different in in three. They get bought out by someone else, but the, their whole point is to privatize the entire city of Detroit. They wish to they wish to demo everything, rebuild it into Delta City, a highly modernized, really shiny city run by their corporation. We don't need the municipalities. We don't need people voting. You want to express your you your right to express opinion as specific policy is relevant is expressed by the amount of stock you hold. So they want to turn the whole thing into a corporation basically. Sorry, give me one second. Hey! Shut up! Have it! Sorry, my dog decided someone at the door is cause for an alarm, so if you want to talk a bit about Something else while I deal with her, go for it. So talk away for a few minutes while I deal with this. Well, just since I'm running solo, we're just speaking about RoboCop. You know what would be cool? I'd like to see RoboCop versus Judge Dredd. You know, I'm sure they've done it in a comic book. You know, they've done everything in a comic book. I'm just thinking about it. You know, RoboCop and the fact he's a fucking robot with a gun versus Judge Dredd, who is the law and stands by the law and upholds the law. And if you've seen the new Judge Shred movie starring Carl Urban, can kill a whole building full of men, you know, in an hour and a half. So I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see that. That'd be a nice little battle royal. Now, if you could get that and then, you know, maybe throw in a third, like maybe throw in a third party, like Judge Shred and RoboCop versus the Terminator. Now, which Terminator am I thinking of? Hmm. I'm thinking of Arnold. 
No, you know, I could be thinking of those. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, I know. Uh, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I've just been rambling. I have been rambling. It's okay. You, you can ramble a little. Uh, it's the time of year when sales reps are out going door to door. So, and my dog does not like them. Oh, well, your dog must be handy for a Jehovah's Witness. Oh yeah. If only nice she were bigger and menacing, but she's just a beagle. Actually, if we're speaking of Arnold, another evil corporation that I think warrants mention, the group Cyberdyne Systems, which are the creators of Skynet, which is the oh, sentient yeah. computer program that developed the Terminators and set off the nuclear war, the whole nine yards. That was developed by Cyberdyne Systems. Now, I do have to say initially, Cyberdyne, not necessarily an evil corporation, but they get that way real fast, especially once Skynet winds up taking over everything. It goes well, yeah, from being a defense contractor to, you know, I think humanity is a problem, so we'll just nuke the world. <laughs> exactly, which that does tie into what I was rambling about. I was talking about how I wanted RoboCop versus Judge Dredd, and then I was like, you know, why not put them together versus the Terminator? You know, That'd that be would nice. Work. If it you could be a tag Dutch team, Dredd. you could have Arnold and Robert Patrick versus RoboCop and Judge Dredd. There we go. There we go. Have you seen the new Judge Dredd? The J- Dredd I haven't Paul yet. Irvin. I meant to, but I never got around to it. Yeah. I if still have a bad mind, taste in my mouth from the first one. Oh, it is nothing. Like th- This one is basically... Oh, I know, it's, I know it's vastly different. I'm just still a little gun-shy. That's right. That's right. It's, it's pretty badass. It's just, uh, it's just watch Carl Urban as Judge Dredd versus almost an entire building. Uh, bad guy. Pretty yeah, simplistic, nice. but it, it was enjoyable. I, I liked it. Some hey, you know what? Doing, Sometimes you don't need stuff. complicated plot. You just need to watch stuff blow up. And you know, we you all know, make fun of Michael problem. Bay, but you know what? His <sighs> movies make money for a reason. Sometimes you just want to watch the explosion. Uh, then again, have you seen the, the pictures from the set of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? Oh, let's oh, not boy. go there. Let's not go Megan, there. Me- Megan Fox. Oh, God. Why did he hire her back? She's just not a nice uh, woman or a nice person or a really that... Care about, you know what? I don't care what she's like as a person or an actress. She is nothing like April O'Neil. You know, it, a brief rant. Her. If we're talking about evil corporations, whatever movie studio is hiring Michael Bay, Michael Bay. you people are beyond <laughs> Michael, evil. Michael Bay, is, if you are anything like that awful Eddie Murphy, where it's a bunch of little Eddie Murphys running a giant Eddie Murphy... Michael Bay is that evil corporation. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I kind of get where he wanted to go with the Transformers movie. Transformers were a big part of my childhood. I missed the boat Turtles were an even I bigger will... part of my childhood. I was Something I was a huge before. Turtles fan, and for that man to continue violating my childhood is just not right. <laughs> well, hey, they took G.I. Joe. They've already taken Transformers. They're getting Ninja Turtles. Let's see. Hmm. Well, see, what other boys franchises are left? Well, I guess if you want to go a little farther, well, they already ruined Power Ranger themselves. They do it all by themselves. Yeah, no, we didn't need Michael Bay. Power Rangers do it. Could you imagine, just, could you imagine a Power Rangers movie with Michael Bay? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, <laughs> yes, I can. Oh, that would be amazing. Book it, book it, Dano. That would, you, <laughs> you almost have to do that just for how bad it'll be. I mean, oh, well, that almost needs I mean, to exist in the same way that, like, Troll 2 exists. Uh, see, this, now we're starting to tangent. Like uh, I, I did, the, I've been doing the games podcast with Stephen Randall, where I managed to go into the Virtual Boy, and this week I managed to name drop Quantum Leap so many times I questioned how the fuck I knew what Quantum Leap was. Because you know, I'm Quantum like, Leap, only Steve 20. Bacula, he's trying to get home. <laughs> but they're like, you, you're like 21. How the hell do you know about this? I'm like, it's come on reruns, and I love just dropping it because it's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I got that too. I mean, I used to, my parents watched a lot of it as far as reruns go, and I mean, I'm 
not terribly much older than you are. You you, you kept it on on. reruns because that's the type of show that your parents watched and go, you know, my kid can watch this. (laughs) Exactly. Like, well, actually, that show was Stargate SG-1 with my parents. We have the entire series at my house, and I'm proud to say it. It's a good show. Doesn't that series take up, like, a whole wall? It's ten seasons, so it takes up quite a bit, especially when you consider we have all of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine as well. But mm-hmm. my mom puts yeah, you're, you're getting up there. Well, <laughs> we're going to talk in about evil Star Trek Corporation. We do have to oh, touch boy. briefly, since we're on that touch, we have to touch briefly on the Ferengi. Oh, God. <laughs> because they're all about the almighty dollar. They're all about the profit. Their rules are about the profit. They're... Actions are all based around getting ahead financially, and they're annoying little buggers. Apparently little trolls. And I mean, when you consider that they were actually created to be the next wave of bad guys after the Klingons wound up siding with the Galactic Federation or whatever it is, and I forget some of the specifics, yeah. but when you consider they were created to be the next villainous race in the Star Trek universe, that's kind of sad. Yeah, they blew up. I remember, if I remember correctly, they blew up uh, Captain Picard's... Uh, like the one starters or he had before he he uh, took over the Enterprise or something like that. It's really funny when you consider in retrospect they're just a bunch of little pumpkin-headed bastards that care about money. It's true. Yeah, well, they're not, they're not the really bored out of it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean the board really aren't that. Well, I mean I guess they did become the thing. They weren't really an evil corporation. They were just really terrifying. No, they're just like a force of nature. <laughs> they're, they're American Eagle and Hollister. <laughs> That's what they are, creating generic people that that all go in a mindless cube. There we go. Bam. The Frankie are nice. Yeah, bam. Yeah, the Frankie are, they're they're fine. They're admittedly, and I've only seen, I haven't seen that much of anything besides Deep Space Nine. I've seen some, I've seen some of the original, I've seen like two of the Enterprise and Space on it once. Poor Scott Bakula. His career was downhill after Quantum Leap, let's just be honest. Yeah, and then he did that show with Ray Romano. It was her name. I watched that show. It was good. I mean, I wasn't in the age, Brad. You don't like Ray Romano? No. I don't find him that Lord, I want him to be hit by a car. (laughs) My hatred of Ray Romano is only slightly less than my hatred of Ben Stiller. And my hatred of Ben Stiller could fuel country. Really? Why do you hate Ben Stiller so much? Like, I mean, I haven't seen... The one Ben Stiller movie I I do quote is Dodgeball, but that's not because it's more of a Vince Vaughn movie. If you've never seen a Ben Stiller movie, you can't possibly understand my hatred for him. I mean, I'm pretty sure I have. I have been forced, when I was donating plasma, to watch Ben Stiller movies, like Zoolander or various Meet the Parents. Uh, My rage. I mean, I almost ripped the needle out of my arm. If anyone's ever donated plasma and is listening to this, I almost ripped the needle out of my arm when they put Zoolander on. And then about halfway through, I wish I did. I was wishing that I had. That is awful. But, uh, I've seen Dodgeball, and I quote Dodgeball all the time because that movie's hilarious. Well, that's fair. He's just in that. that uh, uh, he just happens to be in that one. I don't necessarily consider it a Ben Stiller movie. He's not in a yeah. starring role. He's in a peripheral. If you have to have Ben Stiller in a movie, he should be peripherally relegated, and then he should die somewhere filming. Or he should get really fat. Eh, that's true. Uh, that's uh, true. Uh, Him in a fat suit could, is uh, not too bad. So, so well, Ben Stiller versus Michael Bay. Which one? Which one? If you had to kill uh, kill one. Or kill neither. Which one would you kill? I'd kill Ben Stiller, and I wouldn't think twice. Okay. I don't know who I'd kill. I'd probably kill Michael Bay. But then again, I don't hate Ben Stiller like you do. I just find Michael Bay annoying. Like, I like the first Transformers. I mean, yeah, so, yes, okay, I look. You know, uh, it, you know the, the Office just wrapped up, but somewhere in the Office, there's a uh, Michael Scott has a quote about Toby, the HR director. 
that if he was in a room with Osama bin Laden, Hitler, and Toby, and had a bullet, had a gun with two bullets, he'd shoot Toby twice. He'd shoot Toby. Yes, I've seen that. I've Place Toby with Ben Stiller. I'd shoot Ben Stiller twice. Nice. That, that's uh, where. Yeah. Just so you understand my hatred of Ben Stiller, that's kind of where it goes. Yeah, I, I guess the uh, yeah the first Transformers movie I liked it, but then again I was like what. 14, 15 at the time, so I, I kind of went with that age range. Had a hot woman, she had exploding a little story, you know, it was good. And then I watched the second one. Those racist robots oh. were too much for me. And if you've listened to my other, like the three beers, which I, I know Mark plugs, I make lots of jokes that would make those robots uh, look safe in a uh, PC perspective. Oh, uh, I, I, hate, I hate the second Transformers with... A lot of passion, that one. You know, there's a good the movie in there somewhere, bad. but it's about 40 <laughs> minutes too long. Yeah, the third one wasn't as bad. I, uh, the third one has pacing issues. I don't hate the last part of that. I think they actually crafted a half-decent war movie in the last bit of that. But, yeah. you know, Patrick Dempsey's a horrible villain. Yeah, well, and Leonard Nimoy turned heel. You know, they need to, you know, I believe they need to put Leonard Nimoy in the new Star Wars <laughs> Somehow, some way, just so you could have Leonard Nimoy in both Star Trek and Star Wars. What's that when you put Shatner? <laughs> we could use Shatner. Just to watch, yeah, we'll put Shatner in there just just to watch everybody like just throw something at the screen. Cause, you well, know, you know, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams is a big Star Trek fan, and now he's doing the Star Wars. So we could get something like that. I mean, I'm down for it. You know, I I can enjoy my stuff like that goes. As long as we get lots of wow. players. Wow, that actually just flew by. <laughs> What? We're a little bit over time, so we're going to have to wrap this up. Oh, really? Wow. Well, I mean, I, okay, I was about to say, I had one more evil corporation up my sleeve, and then I was No, done. go for it. We've got, we're, we're on recording time now, so go for it if you get another. Oscorp. Ooh, there we yeah, go. Yeah. Ah, how did I yeah, forget I Oscorp? Yeah, I don't know how I did either. I have like an old mirror thing from Spider-Man in the 70s up on my wall, and I was like, Spider-Man, how did I forget Oscorp? Because even if you just think about movies, they are well, well represented in post continuity. It's true, you know, you don't you do have Oscorp. They create that evil serum for Willem Dafoe. They are all about contracts and you know, I actually really like the Spider Man villains as far as the Green Goblin and Hobgoblin go. I I enjoy that because they're not completely flat most of the time. But Oscorp in any Spider Man medium, comic books, movies, one of the various animated television shows, and there have been more than a few, they're always well represented as being a wealthy, influential corporation that Serves the whims of a madman. But they're kind of like the Wayne, the Wayne Enterprises of the Marvel Universe. Well, then again, so are Stark. There are a lot of corporations in the uh, comics that think about it. Hell, just Marvel. They have in to general. come up with the money to fund all of their. <laughs> so, like, just Marvel. Like, Marvel freaking Stark has one. Osborne has one. I'm pretty sure the fucking Fantastic Four has something. Jesus. Probably, yeah. It, it would not surprise me if Reed Richards was the head of some kind of corporation. They were involved in something. Uh, even Doctor Doom, uh, you know, he owns his own. He owned his own uh, country at one point. I'm pretty sure doesn't he still. I mean, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't bought a new comic in like two years because my local shop closed. Uh, that made me sad. Yeah, well, hey, I made a killing. I got like two hundred fifty some dollars worth of stuff for about fifty bucks because me and my stepdad had been going there for three years every week. So you know, <laughs> they'll cut you a break. <laughs> that is, that's true. That is true. Yeah, that is one I hadn't thought about. That. But you're absolutely right. That certainly fits the mold. All right. Yeah. Since we're wrapping up, anything you want to plug for next week? Uh, uh, let's see. We'll plug uh, Hammer of Doom. comes out every 
Sunday night on the 411, 411 Mania Music Zone. If you like metal, you should totally read it. Uh, let's see, uh, any let's see, podcast next week, Mark Radlich and I will be starting up our Megadeth retrospective. I cannot wait because Mark is currently trucking through Megadeth albums while I'm just giggling gleefully because I know Megadeth like the back of my hand or like the palm of my hand. Hey, yo. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm let's looking see, forward uh, to that. I'm, I'm a metalhead myself, so that should be. Well, I mean, it's, well, heck, if I can't get a hold of my buddy, we, we should definitely get a third person. <laughs> No, no, I don't. If you listen to, you did listen to last week, and I was like, hey, Mark, we should get both Jeff and Stammer on the same podcast. He's like, why the hell would you do that? <laughs> it's not a good idea. It's happened before. Oh, oh no, I, I, I listened to one, and it was like my first experience to Jeff Harrison podcasting, where he, he threatened to uh, cut off the, to hang up if Stammer wouldn't let him finish. It was, yeah, I was, I was just like kidding, because I know that I think they both like, like Megadeth and shit like that, but I was like, you know. It'd just be funny to have that. But uh, uh, other things, let's see. Oh, yeah, one last thing to plug, uh, Three Beards Three Beards Podcast. It's me and two of my buddies doing, like, a morning show, but we're uncensored. We tried, we had Mark on there a few weeks ago, but uh, Old Man Radlich couldn't get his audio right, so we couldn't do that episode, which was our best episode because Mark had the greatest stories. He keeps mentioning like he, that story that he, he swore he'd never talk about it again, and then he apparently was willing to talk about it on your podcast. Oh, my God, it is the best story ever. You will have to make him tell you, because like, if I told you, I, I'd just do it. Like, I, I could tell the story, but it would be rattle it's good, because he gets yeah, all the details I down. Know, I feel there. Some oh, things it's all about so telling it. Oh, yeah. Like, he had so many stories, which, you know, I didn't know he was a trained. Like, he's actually a trained wrestler. I didn't know that. Like, straight trained, trained and all that. I'm like, well, okay, cool. I always thought Mark was just like, Mark was a psychologist of sorts. <laughs> it's cr- yeah, people, man. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, Mr. Cooper, thank you for joining me here tonight. I hope to have you on again in the future. So if ever oh, yeah, we yeah. have a topic that strikes your interest or you have one that you want to talk about, hit me up, uh, Twitter, the forums, however you want to get a hold of me. Let me know if you have one that you want to talk about. I'll be more than happy to schedule you in again. This has been a blast. All right. All right, man. It's not a problem. I'd love to, love to be on. I'm, I'm heck of hell at summertime for me. I've got, like, usually no reason I couldn't do it at the same time as well. I could do it. You know, six is a little early, but. I'm good. Uh, he had, he wound up pulling out. He had something going on today. Oh, that would have been that would have been fun. It would have. I but, was kind of looking forward to that. But you know what? Stuff happens. I'm sure I'll get him on another one these days. Yeah. So for the metalhead, Robert Cooper, this is your villainous host, Robert Winfrey, reminding you that the light is bright because the shadows are dark. And thank the villains because they make the sweet things sweeter in your life. Have a good night, everybody.